Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got a fabulous couple on who are relationship and intimacy experts. So just for a change, we're going to have the feminine and masculine dynamic as guests. And they are Baz Weyers. Is that pronounced right? Baz, your surname, Weyers? Yeah, it's actually, it's like a shortened version of Sebastian. So I, I always say, you can say Baz. Baz, okay. Baz Weyers and his partner Priska Bowman. Is that pronounced right, Priska? That's perfectly pronounced. And you're currently living in the Netherlands, I believe. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I'm a Dutch from origin and Priska comes from Switzerland. And in 2016, the end of 2016, she moved in with me. Excellent. Well, on that note, Baz, I'd love for you and Priska to share your journey um, because we had a little conversation off air and I was fascinated by what what happened in terms of how you met and how you got into the industry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gladly to, to share this with you, or we are actually. Um, back in 2015, I was still married. I'm uh, a father of two kids. And I was uh, a teacher for special needs kids. And in the summer, I uh, got into this Facebook group. It was about spiritually oriented people and from all over the world, actually. And there was also Prisca. And like immediately I thought, oh, that's quite an interesting woman. But I was married and I uh, was not out for anything uh, romantically because actually... I was quite happy in my marriage um, and we started like uh, connecting more and then a person in this group created, I think it was on the Sunday evenings, uh, a place where we could do global meditations at the same time. And uh, I was there, Prisco was there in her own country and the first time we did that something very, very amazing uh, happened and it really blew me out of my socks. Um, because all of a sudden, while I was in this in this vortex, I saw Priska. She was in the same room with me. I could literally feel her, smell her, almost touch her, feel her vibration and her energy. And this was so incredibly scary because it was actually the first time this ever happened to me. Um, so I, I kept it for myself. I didn't share. And then the second time we did this global meditation again, exactly the same thing happened and it was so special that I had to share it. So I, I, I talked about it to uh, Priska and then what happened? Yeah, I almost fainted because exactly the same thing happened to me too. Um, already the first time and the second time and um, I was scared. I was so scared because I felt a love that is was so big for this man and um, I knew he was married. I knew there were two kids. 
um, he was living in another country. The last thing I wanted is to fall in love with a married man. Mm. And by by what happened, I mean, like this was so special. I mean, like I'm a spiritual person. I I talk to angels and I have like all these shamanistic backgrounds, but never ever happened something like that as a human person visit me so vividly in my own space so i knew there there was something big but i would have never talked about it if boss wouldn't have opened up to to uh, to me about it and um that's when boss wanted to to meet me and figure out what there was and i didn't want that i really didn't want that because i was so scared um of the consequences that could derive from that but then even his wife, we were in contact. So I, was, I was also in contact with his wife and she knew about this encounter and everything that had happened. We were very open about it. And even she said, you know, the man has to figure out what that is. Um, he has to come. Yeah, because like we read a lot about soulmates, about twin flames. And I read lots of stuff about it, but I never had experienced something like that. And I really had to figure out what this connection if it would only be a meditation trick or if there would really be something very, very, very special spiritually, uh, uh, but also maybe romantically be between us, because I really had the feeling if I do not figure this out, I will always feel this black hole within myself. And I know this sounds incredibly dramatic, but this really was how I perceived it, how I really felt it. So I had to go to Switzerland to see what it was about. And the first time we met on um, the the airport in Switzerland, it was clear because we hugged each other and, and it was so incredibly clear that it was not only spiritually, but also physically, romantically. Um, so, and then uh, when I uh, went home again, I actually knew that I had to make one of the toughest decisions of my life and, and I had to speak to my wife and uh, this is uh, what actually happened. Mm. So when he left, I had no clue that he would choose me or that yeah, it would happen because we were just like, I didn't want to influence his choice. Mm -hmm. um, and he didn't want to be influenced neither. So we didn't know about each other's choices. Mm. He also had no clue if I would come to the Netherlands because it was clear he has kids. So it was my, um, it, I had to make the big move. And um, yeah, two, two days later, he, he wrote me, um, we're getting a divorce. And I did not know if I was the happiest person or the saddest person at that moment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it was both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, very difficult and tricky circumstances but um you know i suppose but how did your wife receive it did she sort of know within herself it was the right thing to do as well or, or was she resistant to it to start with uh in the start she was very resistant because she was just incredibly hurt um and i think a part of her knew because what Prisco already said, we, we took her along the journey in, in, in so like we, we shared information about what had happened. And I think a part of her wanted to be this understanding woman and another part in her already felt, okay, this might be the end. Um, so she was incredibly sad and only later when she had moved in her own house and when we also had time to come back into ourselves again um, she also was able to express that there were things 
very essential things in a marriage that that really w were not working anymore and that she also could see where she didn't step up so she she also could take responsibility for her part of the dynamics that actually did not work i think this is the hardest thing isn't it for people to understand that when you go through a separation of a relationship you're both equally responsible for creating that although one person might instigate that i think further down the line i think the other person although they maybe have been devastated can see that actually you know what you know in hindsight i can see there was um a blessing in what happened yeah yeah that's very 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 true and they're like also with the people we work with um people have a very hard time and understandably because i sometimes even i and i am an expert there but even i slip into these dynamics but it's sometimes so hard to um when you get triggered by something that your partner does to still stay connected and still see the other one through your own pain and really um approaches as a we instead of a me against you and this is really these are really hard lessons to learn and uh, i think lots and lots and lots of people uh and couples struggle with exactly that yeah i 100% agree and uh, for you prishka i think it was quite i suppose um brave and insightful and wise of you to sort of be open to i suppose thinking to yourself whatever ha happens it's meant to be and if if he's meant to come to me then I have to you know see what happens and and trust this process and if he doesn't then then I have to accept that too yeah like I really was in this space of I just have to surrender what is meant to be and I really have to say it was the toughest decision it wasn't even a decision I knew this is the man of this is the love of my life and if I'm going to say no to this like something of my life is just going to be missing forever in a way at the same time it was the scariest way that i've ever like embarked on this journey that, that i've embarked on because so much judgment of um, society was being thrown towards me i was i was guilty for the separation i was guilty when the kids were sad i was guilty for everything so it was really like the societal because i was very open about it i shared my journey also online on youtube and um, because I already was a coach, I already shared a lot of my about my life. I also shared that part, and there was so much hatred and um, yeah, uh, really like like um, it was really sh sorry if I butt okay. in, but it really was shocking to see that because I also shared uh, parts of the journey, and I as a man was always praised for being brave to choose to choose my own path and to um, brave to to speak my truth mm. and Prisca was a homewrecker she was a bitch uh, there were people who wanted to to jump through the screen and to to beat the sense out of her it was really so painful to see and especially by women towards towards mm. Prisca yes it was so painful to see the the to toxicity in what's supposed to be sisterhood yeah mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I've witnessed that too. It, it's very, very shocking, isn't it? It rocks you to the core almost mm -hmm. that, that, you know, it's it's unbelievable to see these words or hear these words, isn't it? When you, you really see the poison come out directed at somebody you love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was also quite hard next to that because these were women that I don't know. They're not, 
like people I have ever seen or met in my life. They don't know me or who I am. So there's, it's easier to draw a line there. But it was also hard because like all of my friends, almost every, all of my friends are married and they were like super like sympathizing with his ex-wife and me too, of course, because I knew how hard this must have been for her. And, and well, I know it's firsthand how hard it was for her. So, mm-hmm. but like nobody could understand how hard the path was for me because mm-hmm. nobody has experienced how it has to be for the second woman, let's call it like that. Yes. Or when <laughs> stepping in and said, I felt very, very lonely. I felt extremely lonely and there was like, nobody ever asked me how are you doing everybody was asking how is she doing yeah (laughs) and at one point it really hurt me also because i felt like i get it but i'm also a person and it's not always it's it's not fun to fall in love with a married man especially not when you're an empath if you don't want to hurt people Mm. um that so it's i think it's it was a journey of my life and i'm still i'm still working on it partially there's there's there have been like things triggered within me that have never or have been triggered only as a child or like a lot of stuff came up. So it was a lot to work through for me. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for it as well, because I have grown in these last, how many, five years? Yeah. In so many ways. Um, So I'm very grateful for the journey as well. I can understand, you know, it must have felt very isolated and that nobody cared about your feelings or understood your feelings and and probably they didn't you know to be fair I suppose you had to I suppose be the stronger and bigger person in in trying to understand them and the reasons why they were directing all this um I can only think of shit (laughs) the word shit towards you (laughs) so excuse my language Uh, um and you know think about well actually you know they've probably not been in this situation so they, they know no better that's exactly, true. Exactly. And it's all, it also has to do with priority because even I, in the beginning, did not choose to be there for Priska because she, she, Priska is a very strong woman and she can really do her own things. And I chose to uh, make it as easy as possible for my ex-wife because I thought and I felt, okay, the divorce is already such a, uh, a heartbreaking experience for her. So I want to make it as smooth as possible for her. And in doing that, I totally forget Priska's, forgot Priska's needs there. So even I, in the beginning, was not there for Priska, which made it extra, extra hard and extra isolated for her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but again, it, it, was, it was a blessing in disguise, I guess. Of course, it was also isolating because I moved into another country. I left all my life behind, all my friends, all my family, all my, like, my acting. Uh, and I was living in a little small room on my own with my dog and um, started my own online business there to just survive. So it was like, it was also physically, I was just isolated with a different language that I didn't speak yet, you know, and didn't know anybody in this country. And um, so it was like physically and emotionally, it was like this, I was a hermit in a way. Mm-hmm. And I just had to deal with all these things. Um, but I really think it was also the birthplace of so much goodness mm. and richness in my life. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't regret it, and I'm grateful for it now, looking back. But when you're in it, it's not so much fun, to be honest. No, <laughs> and I suppose it's only when we look back we can connect the dots and see, you know, in hindsight, all the lessons we've learned and all the all the benefits of of having to have gone through what we've been through. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very true. You can't understand it whilst you're in the midst of it, unfortunately. Oh, no, you cannot see the path yet. But I was always in trust that everything will work out in the end. Yeah. Because I have, 
like I went through enough crises in my life before that I knew that in the end it will all make sense in some way. Yeah. And um, yeah. So yeah. I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> I actually have a quote on my Skype that, that says, uh, all's well in the end, and if it isn't well, it hasn't ended yet. Yeah, ah, that's, that's a great so true. One. Yeah. That's so true. I love that. Yeah. That's one of my famous uh, sayings that I like to put out there because, you know, when whenever we're going through challenge, you know, it can be extremely painful. But I think it's important to point out to people that that challenge is always temporary. You know, mm. that, that, that within that, that, there is going to be opportunities to learn so much about life, about yourself. And, you know, you'll be able to look back and think, yeah, you know what? Our, that stressing was actually a blessing because when I think about my own path, you know, it's led me to where I am now. I and mean, I've got so much wisdom now to share. And yeah. I can see why I needed to go through those challenges in order exactly. to be able to share that now. Yeah. Exactly. And it's also about, um, we also, we always, uh, uh, see it as the beautiful gift in the ugly wrapping and if you are able to open your heart and open your eyes to see the beautiful end e uh, the, the beautiful present even though the wrapping is as ugly as can be <laughs> then you you can bring so much beauty and so much wisdom in your life yeah. um, and we we surely have benefited enormously from that um, that belief there's certainly a, a, an, an English saying, I don't know if you're aware of it, Buzz, but um, there's a, a saying that yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, today's a pre the present, and that's why they call it a gift. Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's a lovely one. I'm going to, to write it down later. That's <laughs> a very nice one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We also believe that in, in life you really get what you what you want either or what you need. And mostly you get what you need because you don't even know what you need on first hand. So life is always providing you with exactly what you need. And I needed these lessons and Boss needed his lessons and yeah. and we're grateful for them. And it's I think everybody has these stories in their lives where they had some harsh times or struggled with things. And in the end when we when we get through them, when we when we put, like really get to the other side, we can look back and see all the greatness that we have gained from from these struggles, and and we can forgive also the peoples and situation that were involved in in these situations. Yeah, and I think that's a good point as well, Priska, in in mentioning forgiveness because you know um, that's such a, a massive thing to do especially if somebody's really hurt you and, and especially if somebody you know has been in a situation where they have been through a lot of trauma or or violence at the hands of somebody that mm. you know that that big word forgiveness is 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 huge for them to take on board but it it actually does if you can actually open your heart and do it it, yeah. it frees you up so much you know you feel so liberated and that they now have no power to hurt you going forward Exactly. Yeah. It's an act of freeing yourself. Yeah, because lots of people see, they say, oh, I cannot forgive this person because he really did this and this and this to me and it hurt me so much. But in the end, forgiveness is not about saying that it was good what the other person did and mm -hmm. that you have to accept that or, or, or sweep it under the carpet. But it's really about freeing yourself of the burden of mm -hmm. it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree. It is literally not about agreeing with their, you know, it's it's about not condoning their actions or what they said or did. 
Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's about freeing yourself from them having yeah. any more power to hurt you going forward. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's also about seeing that everybody always does what they can. Everybody does always their best. And sometimes the best is not very much that can be, but we're all trying to do our best. And, and, and also I think what I've learned over time that is forgiving is like a process. It's not something that you do once and, and it's gone. It's like it's in layers and, and it's just something that you keep doing for a while. And um, until all of a sudden it's just gone. You just are okay and you have forgiven. Massively. And um, I can definitely relate to being able to forgive and and how, you know, that was a bit of a journey. But once I got there, how liberating and freeing that was for myself and, and you know, feeling that, you know what, you're not going to have any impact on my life anymore or any power to... Um, hurt me anymore and that was the gift in it yeah mm, beautiful yeah yeah really beautiful so tell me more about um there was a there was a post that that attracted my attention and this is how i got uh, interested in uh, bass and prisca uh, bass put a post out uh, that i thought yes my audience needs to know about this couple because <laughs> they're definitely aligned with what i do and the, and the way i teach and the post was called The Power of Masculine Presence. So I'd really like you to uh, talk a little bit about that from your perspective, Bas, and then for Prisca to comment from a, her feminine perspective around it, if that's okay. I'd love to share that with our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, well, since I am with Prisca, the, the whole masculine-feminine uh, uh, um, polarity and energy is really something that I... Uh, have experienced much more because before that, of course, it was there, but I wasn't very aware of it. So it, it, it was not really, it didn't play really a part in my life. But since I, with Prisca, because I felt it so strong, I have never felt so incredibly male or masculine uh, since I'm with Prisca. And I was very curious why this was happening actually. So I started to, to delve into that and read more about it. And it's really about this, like you have all these um, um, hermetic laws and, and one of it, like people always talk about the law of attraction, but I think law of polarity is much more important and mm. much more significant. Um, and it's really about this, about polarity, uh, about when Prisca steps up more in her femininity, I automatically shift more into my masculine energy and vice versa as well. And it's not about that a man needs to be masculine and a woman needs to be a feminine, because for me, the masculine is not per definition a man, uh, nor the feminine is per definition a woman, because we both have these energies within ourselves. Mm. And I also know of couples where the woman is way more in her masculine energy and the man in his feminine, and they work out fine together. So it's really not about putting uh, uh, an energy on a gender. Um, so I think um, also because of everything that has happened in society that men have lost their male identity and they don't know anymore what is expected of them. Of them. And therefore lots of men, um, I, I mean lots of men's groups, so I, I, I interact lots with men. Uh, there is this issue of people pleasing, of being the Mr. Nice Guy. And this was what 
has been expected from men like a couple of years ago, but now I slowly, because also women get more in their wild feminine, in their um, uh, receiving, in surrendering, um, I see that men also uh, are invited to step step up more in this kind of energy. Um, and I think it's very important. I think lots of people know the books of David Daida, mm. which is, he is like the, the expert on uh, um, masculinity, actually. And how he sees it is that men can be the protective banks of the river so that women can flow freely as the water and being their core creative beings. And I think this is so beautiful um, that a man can be this, this container. And this doesn't mean that men are not allowed to be emotional because I, I think that you only can be a container if you are very much connected to your own feelings as a man as well. Um, because then you can truly understand what is happening in the emotional ocean of, mm -hmm. uh, of femininity. Um, so I really think this is what needs to happen in order to, uh, what's the, the Dutch word for that? To honor the polarity and polarity is much, much needed in this world. And I think this is ex exactly what men have to do um, to honor this. Because for men, one of the biggest struggles is to fully understand how he can meet his woman's emotional needs. And therefore, I think a man must practice the art of being fully present in her presence, uh, as well as emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, to really be there and really understand her and therefore really being able to carry her in all the things that she needs. And Prisco, what, what does... Um from your feminine perspective that look like you know that that masculine presence what does that show up for you so that our listeners can fully understand mm. like in a very practical way like boss when we met and he made all these decisions to get a divorce what really struck me is this clarity this this masculine presence that he had of making these clear decisions and and i could just I didn't have to to you know step up and be in my in my strength. I could just like kind of follow his lead, even though I'm a leader myself. But it felt it, I really felt for the first time in my life I'm being held by a man, mm. and he's just there, and I can be myself. And also when I went through all my um, I call it now trauma um, later on on our relationship when we already lived then together and all my the wounds came up that have happened in the beginning of our relationships in our relationship. He was just there holding all these emotions and I was like, it was just so much. And he was just there in this presence. And this is something that only this presence alone was so healing for me to just not having to have a solution or needing to have a solution or not knowing where this whole emotional storm is taking me to, but just having this protector some, in some way that is really just holding me in all of that and this was an experience that i that really has changed my life and is changing my life and i think this is how this masculine presence shows for me in a very practical way i think this is the easiest way to to explain it so that people may understand it uh, that's beautiful 
And, and like you say, um, I think the key, one of the key things there from a feminine point of view is that he wasn't offering solutions, which men quite often think that women do just want solutions and to get, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> that, that they want fixing and, and uh, you know, uh, and he was just rather than offering that, he was just being there. Exactly. And this doesn't mean that he didn't get triggered or that he didn't also get hurt by these things, but it's not like that he then lost himself in the trigger fest or that he kind of took over the story or left the building, you know, or just left me and my thing. He was he, he just stayed through everything and never left my side. And and this was the beautiful thing that also got us closer together in the end, because we really grew as a couple in a depth that we didn't even know existed. Yeah. And I think it's also I want to add that that because Priska said that he was that I was constantly there holding space and being present. Um, and I also want to add that sometimes I also withdrew, but I always communicated it, yeah. this with Priska. I always said, okay, now I feel so overwhelmed emotionally. I really have to take a step back. Uh, and I promise you, I will come back to it. So also expressing uh, your disability at one point is actually also being present. Um, so I, I wanted to add that because I think this is what lots of women and men in relationships forget, that sometimes men withdraw. And this is not a wrong thing, as long as you are able to uh, communicate it to your spouse or yeah, partner. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And this is also that I could totally take. I didn't felt abandoned or anything when he had these moments um, because he, he said what he needed and I accepted that and I could accept that in a, in a good way. So, um, yeah. It's good that you was wise enough, Baz, to actually communicate that because many men don't, do they? They just feel the need to withdraw and they withdraw and then, oh, you know, the woman in the relationship is then panicking or you're thinking it, it must be her fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. And it's also because I, in the beginning, I have done it numerous times without communicating it, but then it's also the, 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 um, the task, I think, of the woman, if she is aware enough, mm. to express, okay, baby, I see that you are not here anymore. I see that you are withdrawing what is happening so that she somehow, quote unquote, teaches her man to be more communicative about it. Mm. Yeah. And also how it may make you feel when he withdraws that he says, okay, I don't feel, I don't feel you right now. And I need you in this yeah. because I cannot do it on my own. And yeah, I think. I think it's 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 really a, a shared responsibility. It's not just the guy's task to just be there. It's also the woman to ask for it if she needs it, yeah. and 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 that both stay open because of course both will make mistakes. Mm. <laughs> like we will we will get triggered, we will fall off the horse. It's all about getting back up there. But like this is really just thing that I because I've been always like my whole life, and I also hear that from many of our clients that they were the too much women. You know, they're too much, too emotional, too to whatever, everything is too much. And for the first time in my life, I didn't feel like a too much woman because he could just take everything and even more. <laughs> <laughs> and this this is just to finally feel seen in all of these parts of yours, of the good ones, but also the ugly ones. This is something so beautiful and so healing. And I think that's something that every woman in some way is craving for to be held in exactly these places because as no matter how strong we are no matter how determined we are to change the world how much of a leader we are in some part of us still wants to be 
held and, and also wants to be seen in these parts. And, and therefore you need another person because you cannot do that for yourself. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Absolutely. hundred percent get it. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, um, I think it's very important to stress to women that, um, you know, don't worry, you know, if a man does, doesn't communicate that he needs to withdraw, but is withdrawing after especially an intense emotional, maybe very in physically intimate time that you've had mm -hmm. and think mm -hmm. that, oh my gosh, you know, what, what's going on here? Suddenly we've been, uh, previously so close and now he's, he's, he's withdrawing, um, and, you know, feel like it's something to do with them. Just allow him that's time and space. He'll come back. He'll, he'll yeah. definitely yes. come back. Yeah, that's very beautiful what you say there. It also has to do with the trust in the relationship, that you know that your relationship can hold this. Yeah. Mm. And that you, you as a woman can hold it and that you trust your man that he will eventually come back when he's ready. Yeah, I, I talk about this and uh, I've written a book called The Cupid's Bow Technique and I liken yeah. the, the men's, um, I suppose, intimacy cycle mm -hmm. to um, being... The, the the bow the bow you know think of an archer pulling his bow a string to make the arrow really tight once he's fired that arrow the string goes slack you know so yep. he needs time away then you know to go and re-energize so he gets he gets the strength then to to pull the string <laughs> to make it tight again you know once it's yep. gone slack where so I I liken it to you know being the man like the the bow in in the archer's archery bow he's mm -hmm. he's the one that's pulling the string and firing that love arrow towards you but once he's fired it he then needs to go away and you know and have that time apart and that time apart is is him pulling that string back again so he's he's got it at full strength to be able to fire then the next arrow if you like of intimacy yeah that's true that's very true and this is this happens uh um very clearly during sexuality, but also uh, in day-to-day in -day life. Sometimes when when I'm in a fight with Priska, it really takes something from me energetically and emotionally, and also from Priska. But but for me, it really I really need to withdraw um, and uh, recharge again, so I can um, um, tighten up the, the the string of the bow again. Mm. It's a very beautiful metaphor. Yeah, and that's why I say to women, you know, don't go chasing after him at those moments because otherwise all you're doing is allowing that string to slacken <laughs> because you're going you're going towards him uh, and, you know, and you need to allow him to pull away so the string gets taut again and tight, yeah. you know, and he's ready to fire that next love arrow of intimacy towards you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I love that picture. I love that too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's that's my metaphor for today. <laughs> we're taking them. We're taking it. Yeah, we're taking it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, on that note, um, I need to wrap things up because I'm, I'm very conscious of uh, the time running away with us here and I'm really loving this conversation. Yeah. So I definitely want to invite you uh, both on again and as individuals as well to talk about, you know, um, more feminine things, from a feminine perspective with Prisca, as well as more the masculine take on things with Baz, both separately as well as together going forward. So for the benefit of our listeners, Baz and Prisca, uh, what's your best contact information that they can get you on? 
like you can find us i think we just gave our website because you can find everything there it's um the love the love alchemists.com everything written in one word okay so it's yeah. the love alchemists.com yeah. and, exactly. and there you can find uh contact information there you can also find uh, great freebies, freebies. like free stuff that you can download. Yeah. You can join our, we have a free Facebook group that you can join. You find everything, everything there. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and also really learn about what we're actually are offering and how we can, how we are supporting, especially women in the world. Excellent. <laughs> well, as always, I'll make sure all other contact information is included in our show notes, as well as, you know, more information about, um, yourself, Prisca and Baz, uh, so that mm -hmm. our listeners can get to know more about who you are and what you do. So thank sure. you so much for coming on this episode today. It's been my absolute pleasure. Oh, thank, thank you, you so very much, much yeah, for inviting us. And it re really was a heart heartwarming experience to be talking to you. And I really felt very connected and very at ease so yeah. that's that's also a compliment to you you are a great host absolutely and we're very much looking forward to keeping having this conversation in, in other podcasts so yeah thank you very very much for for your time and for having us excellent well to wrap things up as always i like to say true love starts with opening our hearts so until next time listeners goodbye for now thanks for listening to the hearts entwined podcast you can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts. <laughs>